welcome back to the I Write in the Dark podcast. I'm your host, Chase Rosenberg. And today we're going to start talking about writing with emotion. It's something that's necessary, as you probably know, as an author. But for me personally, I love to make people feel things with my words. I don't care what that is. If they feel anger, if they feel sad, if they feel happy, if they laugh, um, no matter what that emotion is, I want to make them feel it. It's a very powerful feeling. It's, I don't know, it's very strange to say it like that, but it's a very powerful feeling when you have that control over someone, you know, by just by your words, that you can make them feel things. Um, I'm going to give you a good example of this that I feel is a good example. C.S. Lewis in the Chronicles of Narnia, which, by the way, is my favorite series of books probably ever that I've read. The Chronicles of Narnia made me feel so many things I can't even begin to tell you. Those books are amazing. Completely amazing. And if you've not read the entire series, you need to. But in the Chronicles of Narnia... C.S. Lewis describes Narnia as always winter, but never Christmas. And you know, some people might just read over that, or might hear it in a movie, or whatever it might be, and might not think a whole lot about it, but those words, just those simple words, five of them, always winter, but never Christmas, five words convey so much. It shows how there is no hope in Narnia. You know, imagine, well, for most people, the the winter time is dark and cold and dreary and they, they're just ready for it to be over. Me, on the other hand, I happen to love winter. Cold, dark, dreary, I love it. But, you know, for most people, winter doesn't have hope. You know, winter doesn't signifi- uh, signify uh, hope. And so one bright spot in the wintertime is Christmas, when people come together and enjoy one another, enjoy family, and, you know, it's, it's Christmas, and it's a time of joy. But in Narnia, there was no Christmas. It was always winter, but never Christmas. There was no hope. So you see, he's using his words here to convey what he wants people to feel. And later in the story... You know, the children are with the beavers, and, you know, they're going, you know, walking along, and they see Father Christmas. And he hasn't been in Narnia for a hundred years. So what does this automatically begin to signify? The return of hope. Hope is returning. And as they go on, you see the snow is melting, and, you know, spring is starting to come. What is that? I mean, I'm telling you, hope is coming to Narnia. And that's amazing. And just these few, it's not it's a super amount of words, it's few words that he uses to bring these emotions and to show you what he wants you to feel. And that to me is amazing as an author when you can do that. And it's why you're always going to be learning your craft. You're always going to be bettering yourself. So don't think you're going to sit down and automatically write 
you know, the most amazing thing. You know, you're not going to sit down and write a Chronicles of Narnia at the beginning. And many times when you write, it's going to be complete crap. And that's the way it's supposed to be. Your first draft is always going to be that way. So don't try to make it perfect. When you're writing your first draft, don't try to make it perfect. Just try to get the things that you want in there that when you go back to do your rewriting, you can work with that. You can build upon it. Because that's what it's going to take. If you can, if you try to write and make it completely perfect the first time, you're not going to have you're going to have issues getting it done. So don't try to make your writing perfect on that first draft because it's not it's not going to be, and you're gonna. You'll never finish, like I said. You'll never finish. But to connect with your readers, you want to connect with the emotions. I mean, that's the only way to do it. You can't just blandly describe your surroundings. You can't blandly describe the things that are going on. You have to make them feel like C.S. Lewis did with very few words. And you want to try to make that as concise as possible. You don't want to drag it out. You don't, you don't want to, you know, readers will get bored if they have to work too hard to get to figure out the, what you want them to feel. They will get bored. Um, I used to say, you know, when I first started writing, I used to say, you know, well, I'm just leaving that up to the reader's imagination. You know, that's kind of lazy, to be honest, because you're not wanting to put in the work to hone your story and make it the best it can be because you're just going to lay it off on the reader to do that, and you can't. The reader needs you to lead them you know, into what you want them to feel. The reader is counting on you because they've spent their money on your book or your story they're counting on you to provide them something they don't want to have to do it all for themselves if you get what I mean you know I mean I hope that comes across you know not not in a rude way but you know they don't want to they don't want to have to feel like they are writing the story themselves you know, and I'm not saying you can't do it at all, because there are going to be times when you want the reader to be able to use their imagination to picture what's going on, um, but you just can't do it throughout the entirety of your story. The reader will get tired of it. So you have to be willing to, like I said, put in the work, because it's not going to be easy. You know, it's not going to be, um, I'm trying to think of the words that I want to say here. It's not going to be that you're going to sit down at your computer and just pour forth a, the, the best book that's ever been written. It just doesn't work that way. 
because writing is, like I've said before, something that you're constantly honing and something that you're constantly getting better at. So sometimes that 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 amazing piece of work that you're waiting to write might come in the future. And I'm not saying it can't happen on your first book. I mean, it can. There are some people who sit down to write their first book, and it's a bestseller. But that doesn't happen often. It's like lightning striking. Seriously. You don't understand, maybe, how competitive it is just to get into the actual published market. You know, so... Your story has to be amazing. and has to capture the attention of an agent or something where you can, you know, and that's going to be the hard thing to do. You have to be masterful because many of these people aren't going to read your entire book. They're going to read just what little bit that you, you know, if, they, if you gave them the manuscript, they're going to know within the first page or two if they even want to continue. They won't read the whole thing. So you got to keep that in mind. <coughs> Excuse me. But you got to understand that they're not going to read the whole thing. It's not going to happen. So in this next segment, which will be our last segment, I'm going to discuss um, my last book and one of the favorite scenes that I had in it. My favorite scene to write. In my last book, there was a scene that I was so excited to write. Um, the last book I wrote was called Brian's Journey. And it was about a young man who was a teenager and who had to help his mother take care of his ailing grandfather. He didn't have a father in the picture. And he would get up very early in the mornings to work on farms. And he would go to school. He'd be smelly um, from working so early and not having a shower. And uh, kids made fun of him and kind of, you know, bullied him. And he got so tired of it that he decided he was going to run away. He didn't want to have to deal with any of this anymore. And so the book goes along with him on his journey. As Brian is out away from home and it, it deals with how God brings him back home and um, it's kind of a prodigal son type story I guess you could say but toward the end of the book there's a scene that I just could not wait to write I knew what was coming and I was looking forward to it and when I when I wrote it I actually cried and that's the best part for me when I'm writing I if I feel it then I know hopefully the reader will feel it if does that make sense you know you don't you might not expect that a writer is sitting there crying as they're writing or what have you but a lot of times it's, it's how it is we have to feel it ourselves we go through the story just like you and that's the amazing part of being a writer, is that you might not always know how the story's going to go. There are times when you're writing that automatically it's like, okay, this happens now. 
And I know it sounds really crazy, but you you have not planned it, but all of a sudden your character is making a choice on its own. It's almost like they've come to life and you're just as surprised as the reader would be. But um, I like to kind of experiment on my wife and I'm not talking about it in like a mad scientist sort of way. <laughs> but when she read, you know, she doesn't read my books that I'm writing. She doesn't read any part of them until I'm com- completed the process. And when she read Brian's Journey, I watched her as she read it, just to kind of see her face, because that's something I wish I could do with a lot of the readers that read my books. I, I would like to see their face while they're reading, because if you see them cringing, you know they might not be liking it. But you know, that's neither here nor there. But I like to watch her as she reads it, and I knew as she got closer to the end of the book that that part was coming up and I couldn't wait to see her face when she read it because I wanted to see how she took that part and I didn't give her any clue to it but when she got there I could see she started crying she was laughing you know she was just like literal I mean literally crying and laughing and that kind of just done it for me that is like a drug Honestly, if you could see each reader who reads your book and see their reactions like that, if you could see them get mad, if you could see them get um, happy during those times of great joy in the book, if you could see them get sad over the loss of things, you know, the loss in the book, if you could see the emotion in them, to me, it's a drug. And I enjoy it so much, and that's what keeps me wanting to write more and more, because I want people to feel these things. Because without words, you know, what are we? You know, to me, without them, we're kind of dead inside. You know, it's kind of, it's such an important part of our life. It's so important. I'm getting ready to close here in the next part, next segment. And I want you to understand that we have um, some quotes coming up here that I think you're going to like. And I want you to understand the meaning of writing with emotion, too. So I'm hoping that you're grasping it throughout these segments. So I have a quote here by J.D. Salinger, who wrote The Catcher in the Rye. He said, what really knocks me out is a book that when you're all done reading it, you wish the author that wrote it was a terrific friend of yours. You could just call him up on the phone whenever you felt like it. That doesn't happen much though. And here's another one by Frank Herbert. There is no real ending. It's just the place where you stop the story. And for me, that's kind of what you want for your readers. As we talked about, the the emotion that you want them to feel you want them to know that there's more story it's not the ending because our story isn't ending right our story is always going we don't have an end to the story until we take our last breath and even then you know depending on how you believe it's still not the end your story still continues So, 
the quote by J.D. Salinger that says, you know, you just wish the author was your best friend. You know, that you could just call him up. I have read books like that. Where I was, I was like, at the end of it, I'm like, I want to talk to that person that wrote this book. This is the person I want as my best friend. Because it's connected with me in such a way that I felt like I maybe even knew them. And that's, that's the goal as an author. You want to connect so deeply with your audience that they crave more. That they can't wait for your next book. That's, that's the goal. Yeah, you've, you know, in publishing nowadays, you have to have the, the um, platform. You have to have the following on social media. You have to have all these things. And one of the ways that you grow that is by connecting with the readers. So you think maybe it'd be hard for a new writer to do that, you know, to, to grow their audience before they even get a deal for a, a book, which I've yet to do. <laughs> so who am I to talk, huh? But, you know, to grow your audience, you have to give them things give them pieces that's why you start a blog do something like that because you want to be giving your writer your excuse me your readers something you want to start building that audience and sharing it and as they connect with that they'll become one of your fans and then they'll want more so when you put out that book they're going to be ready for it connection it's all about connection and emotion don't forget that guys so, if you'd like, you can call in with one of your favorite authors. Tell me one of your favorite authors. And call in and tell me maybe one of your favorite lines from a book that made you feel something. That just made you fall in love with the book. I would love to hear that from you guys. And if you're hearing this on podcast or by web, look me up on Twitter at Jace R75 and you know shoot me that same information let me know who's your favorite author why do you connect with them give me a favorite line something from the book that just connected with you I look forward to hearing from you guys I appreciate each one of you like I've said a hundred times I appreciate each one of you who listen and who take the time to um, share and echo these segments on uh, Anchor and as always if you have not tried Anchor Anchor.fm look it up in your Google Play Store or the iOS App Store and you know use it because it's an amazing tool connect with people I hope you guys have a good day Good night, whatever it is, wherever you are, and this is Jace signing out.